I'm Paul Wiegraf, Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts and your host for today. Joining me for Delaware State of the Arts by Zoom are the President of the Board of the Wilmington Drama League, Eric Merlino, and the Production Manager for Wilmington Drama League, Kathy Buderbaugh. Welcome, Eric and Kathy. Hi, Paul. Paul. So glad to have you uh, taking time out of your day today as we're all uh, cooped up in our respective spaces, practicing physical distancing, not social distancing, because people I think have been more social through uh, Zoom and Facebook and everything else. Uh, I know. I'll <laughs> tell you, I wish I had stock in Zoom. <laughs> well, well yeah. I want to about online conferencing. That's right. Well, in, in the midst of uh, what was uh, where we are where we are today and during the COVID-19 uh, physical isolation. Uh, this came upon all of us pretty quickly back in March. Uh, I thought what we could do today with uh, uh, you representing Wilmington Drumling, talk a little bit about uh, where you were, what was going on when this all hit and sort of how did it impact you? What kind of decisions did you have to make pretty quickly? Uh, I'll toss that out to either one of you. Well, we were um, actually, it was uh, the a state of emergency was declared on March 12th at 3 p.m. And that night was opening night for Falsettos. And um, that's one of our black box performances. Um, the first state of emergency called for nothing over 100 people gathering. And uh, our black boxes seat only like 65 people. And even between the audience and uh, cast and crew, it would have been easily under a hundred, but um, Eric needed to reach out to the board and find out what they wanted to do. And the vote was to go ahead with opening night, but then shut it down after that. So we had a fantastic opening night because it was all fueled with all of the all of the emotions and the and the you know the adrenaline and things like that. Uh, it was amazing and. Um, and then the la the next three performances were uh, I don't I don't want to say canceled postponed um, because we have determined that we are going to finish that run and the run of everything that has been scheduled. Um, but that was yeah the the board voted to just in compliance and even though we wouldn't have been out of compliance it just for safety reasons we mm -hmm. we postponed so. And and as Kathy said um, it was a very emotional night. Uh, uh, the actors and the director all knew, you know, uh, before the show started that it was probably going to be the only performance uh, for quite some time. Um, and in fact, even before the show, we were already uh, looking at alternatives for at least what we knew at that time to be the potential return uh, of uh, people being able to gather and try to figure out some dates that are still on the books uh, uh, tentatively. It becomes, it becomes a little tricky because one of the cast members is with child. And mm -hmm. um, so we can't get too close to, you know, rescheduling where she's having a beat, but they're willing to do it whenever. So it may be in next season, next fall, next mm -hmm. spring. I don't even know. Who knows? Yeah. Well, in that particular show, Falsettos, as I recall, um, Ha, is a pretty emotionally powerful piece oh, and uh, so I mean not only the learning the lines so to speak but just the emotional investment these actors had to to uh, put all that work into it and then to have it 
you know, fall short like that must have been really disheartening for them. Right. And that's why, like, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that, that, that as an organization, we've absolutely committed ourselves to, or should be committed, whatever, but um, no, committed ourselves to um, performing all of the shows that were in, um, were in planning. Um, mm -hmm. The falsettos will finish their run at some point. Noises Off, which was halfway through their rehearsals, will have their time on stage. And um, Matilda, which was June, is tentatively scheduled for September. They were already cast and ready to start their rehearsals. Um, so we're not canceling anything. Um, we're just gonna, we're just gonna find out. It, it may take us like two years to finish all the shows we want to do, but we will do that. Now, um, I, I believe if I read right on your website that you've selected your season for next year, I'm not asking you to reveal that. <laughs> I, I'm wondering during this downtime, has there been, uh, well, let, let's, let me open, the, open it up more broadly. What kind of planning or considerations have, uh, the board or you, Kathy, or all of you together uh, been taking into account, uh, not really knowing what the time frame is exactly or, or what reopening might look like? What, what sort of conversations have you been having about what it might look like on the other end of it? Yeah, we, we've had uh, a number of if this, then that conversations and uh, um, one of the things that uh, in uh, talking about announcing, you know, a next season is that we're looking at it sort of almost as a uh, both next season and finishing this season kind of proposition so that when we do announce it, we're going to also make it known that um, in addition to what would normally be the shows for next season, finishing the shows of this season will also be a part of it if we don't get to do that, let's say by the end of June. So it's kind of sort of be a, 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 uh, a new season and a promise to finish the old season all at the same time. Um, we're, um, we're playing the season got reveal it. in a week. Go ahead, Kathy. No, I was gonna say we're planning the season reveal and stay tuned in a couple of weeks, but it will literally be a list of shows we're going to do in no particular order with no dates next to them. Mm -hmm. um, we I, have dates in mind, but because there's yeah, no subject to change, sure. we're not going to commit sure. to them. Sure. I, uh, until, until we know what we can commit to. Yeah, I, I'm curious. I, I know there's there's been discussion be, uh, amongst different uh, performing arts organizations about uh, pot you know, potential need to space audience members, you know, may maybe you can't sell 100% of your seats, that kind of thing. Uh, has there been talk about that and what sort of, uh, I know there's been some uh, discussion too, uh, all the way up to the level of, of Broadway about our audience is going to feel safe coming into spaces. What, what sort of discussions, planning uh, have, have you been making regarding how, how you can make your patrons uh, feel, for lack of a better word, safe in coming back into a public space? I, I think Kathy's already done the math for spacing. 
Um, I think that, um, and I, and I've been talking to a lot of people about what their level of safe would feel like. Um, we, well, the first thing is we have a lot of older patrons. So, um, in, in my head, um, we may have to, or have to, we may, we may want to put special performances for them to come to, um, because, they're just maybe not gonna feel um, safe being, uh, you know, amongst a, a large or even semi-large group of people. So right. um, that may be a thing. Also, more performances and less people. Um, it's hard to predict how many people will feel safe coming back. But um, I, I talked to one of my kids, and I was like, "So, you know, you're young and healthy. What would you, you know, what?" And they, I, they interestingly said, "I would feel." less comfortable with someone behind me than like next to me. And I was like, mm -hmm. okay, that's a good point. Um, so I think that it'll look like something like maybe every other row and then couples or families sitting together and then being separated by one or two. Now the math brings that down completely correlation uh, to how many groups of, of people who know each other. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so I'm saying that it could go, go down to a quarter of our capacity. And mm -hmm. um, if we have to do that, we have to do that. I mean, what, who knows? What, yeah. And one of the other things we were talking about is, um, you know, if we even. Oh, no, Eric froze. Oh, Eric, you froze. Well, uh, Kathy, let me ask you while uh, we, we get Eric back here. Uh, I. I'm aware of at least one uh, local uh, uh, theater company that runs dinner theaters. It's, it's not Candlelight, which many of our listeners are familiar with. But one of the local dinner theaters has been talking as they reopen about how they might configure their audiences seated at dinner tables and that they'll space them out more. And normally they would seat uh, uh, at one table uh, attendees who aren't necessarily in the same group but what they're what they're talking about doing is when they seat people uh there we go i think do we have eric back we do eric we have you back great so anyway i think uh what they're talking about is is when they reopen they would allow members of one family to sit close together but they wouldn't seat you know two different groups right. at one table so they're they're talking about you know the, the the spacing issues may be different depending on whether you're coming as a group that's been living together uh, or right. not uh, so i yeah. mean there, there are different configurations there uh, I, i'm wondering too and and this is coming from my background as a performer uh what the implications might be for um the performers and spaces right. when you're talking about green rooms and makeup tables and dressing rooms and and uh you know what what kinds of uh you know what kinds of accommodations are going to be needed there and i'm thinking too of you know if if you have uh, uh and, and i'm thinking of like like a choral group you know where right. the, you, you'll have 30 choristers standing together on risers to present a choral concert you know what what might that look like uh, when we come out the other end. Somewhat, our, our situation is like, as live actors, many of it is intimate, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, many of it yeah. will not make sense unless you're like close and proximity and, and God forbid the love scenes, you know what I mean? If you're, if you're not 
quarantine with right. the person that's cast as your, I, I really don't know how that's yeah. going to look. Yeah. I think yeah. we may have to do that. If there's love interests, I have to quarantine them together for some weeks. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're like, uh, you're in rehearsals now. Get get the same place. That's it. Um, brings a whole new a whole new meaning to uh, cast bonding. Yes. yes. Oh my gosh, exactly. it'll be the true test of a of of a, a cast. Um, but but it's funny when um when you see what what was in china and stuff just just about normal life and they would take each other take their temperature before they entered places yeah but, yeah but the point is taking people's temperature before they come into rehearsal doesn't really tell you everything because now we know that you can pass they could it be off. asymptomatic yeah absolutely yeah. so I, I, until like maybe they get like a, an instant swab and, and they're like a nickel a piece and we test everybody on the way right, in the door. Right. I don't know. Right. So. Well, let me, let me uh, just break in here and remind our listeners that you are tuned into Delaware State of the Arts here on News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV. Joining us by Zoom today are Eric Merlino, the president of the Wilmington Drama League board, and Kathy Buderbaugh, the production manager of Wilmington Drama League. We're talking about what happens in a community theater uh, <clears throat> in the face of a uh, shutdown. And uh, let's let's turn in the direction of of what you're doing now during the uh, during this hiatus of productions. I understand you're doing some creative things artistically as well as as just practically getting some work done at the theater. Um, Eric, you want to, okay, you're, he's waving to me. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> we have, um, we, we exist through really, really generous grantors. So thank you, Delaware Division of the Arts and many others. Um, we had a grant already um, for replacing the stage floor. We are a, I don't know, 1939. Um, I can't do the math. Um, Six, oh. seven, oh, yeah. old building. We're an old building. We're an old building. 1939, and um, some of the parts have never been replaced. Um, so the stage floor was was getting a little, um, well, in need of repair. So we're replacing the stage floor. Construction is a completely legal area according to the governor's guidelines, and um, so when we'll come when we come back we had scheduled it for after our final show in june but now we won't have to do that shutdown after in june hopefully we'll be able to you know maybe fit some artistic things in there i don't i know that's a if people at home are going like uh they're they're nodding their other shaking their heads and they're like you're you're crazy you're crazy i don't know people but <laughs> we can hope so anyway um and then we have I, I, th I think the great thing about that is that you, you have work that you're going to get done anyway, and we're going to have to interrupt your, your right. schedule. Otherwise, this way you can get that work done at a time when you have to be closed. Uh, but what it's also doing is, is giving these contractors work during the, yes. during the shutdown. And now in June, they can have a different customer. So right. that's right. Now, um, Eric, you want to talk about showcase shut, shutdown showcase? Yeah, I'd love yeah. to hear about Shutdown Showcase. Sure, that's what I was going to defer to you on, but you went with the stage, so I'll go to the Showcase, the showcase which is basically uh, what I think, you know, uh, folks uh, in various places may be doing a version of, but 
basically, we are doing a combination of some new live performances uh, that are done, you know, uh, by video, uh, so thus socially distanced, uh, along with some highlights and snippets from things that the Drama League has done in the past that we've, you know, archived and uh, are, we're also uh, presenting them as well as something to, to keep uh, folks, uh, you know, entertained, interested, and connected. Um, a lot of, a lot of what the shutdown, uh, what this shutdown has, you know, has, has, has really uh, been difficult uh, for is, you know, just people uh, staying connected with people that they're used to seeing on a regular basis. Um, the, uh, the performances that we're putting out uh, uh, on a uh, weekly basis uh, are uh, appealed to different, different groups depending on uh, what week it is. Uh, we've done some children's, uh, some things that are for children and family. Uh, we also have done th some th uh, things and will be doing some things that appeal to adults, such as Shakespeare and uh, other, uh, you know, uh, other, other similar, you know, offerings. Uh, and, go ahead, Kathy. I was going to say the first episode was um, just, we, we were like, we have to do something. And mm -hmm. um, so I did a, a one woman Goldilocks improv of like the whole thing in my apartment using only what was here. Obviously I have access to the, the, you know, props and stuff, but I used everything here and um, invited kids to do the same, to videotape themselves doing, you know, a story, present some live theater, create it in your home. It can be done. That was, that was the impetus for um, the first one. And then our fabulous uh, director of falsettos, Sarah Nowak, who also teaches at Cab Calloway, she did a wonderful um, one woman act five of Midsummer Night's Dream after the wedding, the, after the wedding scene. And oh my gosh, she had, um, a, she has a snake as a pet. And so the snake was in it. And then she has a suit of armor in her apartment. So um, it, it was so really, really good. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, we're going to have, we're going to have things like Shakespeare's couples and things like that. So that's upcoming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I understand too, that uh, some of your customers have been uh, uh, busy during this downtime. They have, um, the, there is a fabulous face group, Facebook group called, um, help. This is hard help for healthcare workers. I have to use my, my theater diction. And, um, it is a bunch of people who either you're a deliverer or you're finding, um, supplies and things like that, or you're donating. And I would say there are, four to five of our costumers in that group sewing masks for healthcare workers in Delaware. And um, actually Carrie Christine um, from City Theater was one of the two uh, starters of the group. And it has created over 20,000 masks for healthcare workers in Delaware. Well, I, I think that's, that's great uh, that, that they're able to contribute in that way. And uh, the both for the healthcare workers and and uh, yeah, I, I think it speaks volumes for your for the volunteers that that you recruit to be doing that. It does also we, the um the theater has donated um a lot of material um because of course we have a lot so a lot of 
that when you see some of the face masks, they're like, oh, that was my costume from blah, blah, blah. And, you know, so you can, you can watch nurses walk around with your costume on their face. That was my Liesel dress. <laughs> well, uh, we, we've got a couple minutes left, but let me first, uh, before I forget, ask you to uh, give your website a plug so people know where to go to find out what you're doing and um, you know what your plans are when you reopen. Well, it's uh, org, so pretty easy to remember. And, and we'll actually be uh, having a fairly significant makeover to it uh, that should be uh, going live in the next couple of weeks. So that'll be something new and fun to look forward to. Um, uh, and, and Kathy is Kathy is, is, is happy about that because it, it, it'll be uh, updated and modernized uh, uh, with the platform we'll be using. So, but definitely stay tuned. To, uh, it'll be the same address with the new platform. WilmingtonDramaLeague.org. Um, uh, Great. Did you say WilmingtonDramaLeague.org? WilmingtonDramaLeague.org. Kathy, let me wrap up with you. We've got about 45 seconds left. Um, speak to the role that theater is going to play, live theater is going to play as our society reopens. Uh, well, the first thing that I have uh, really been thinking about is we've now watched everything on every streaming platform. So I don't know, maybe there'll be a resurgence of live theater. I'm always an optimist, but I try to be a realist too. Um, we have to figure out some way to adapt to um, what this world is going to look like after um, we safely can can reemerge, because live theater is about connection to each other, to the story, to the audience, and um, we have to connect. Uh, because if this continued forever, we would all shrivel and die. So it's fine. <laughs> we will come back. We will come back stronger. We've been here. 87 years and we will be here 87 more and 87 more than that. So um, do we know exactly what it looks like? It does not, but not, neither do all your listeners. So we'll, we'll all figure it out together and then we'll come back to live theater and we'll split, spray Lysol all over the place and we'll enjoy live stories with live people. No well, and with that, it's time to wrap up. Eric Merlino and Kathy Budabaugh from the Wilmington Drama League. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul.